Ready? Here we go. Different points of view and highs and lows. A new perspective everywhere you go. Open up your mind, drown out the noise, and see if this connected. And see if this connected. What's up, fam? The mission of this connected podcast is to connect generations and situations about faith, life, and whatever comes along the way. To not necessarily agree, but be listened to. These conversations, of course, highlight the perspective of our various guests, and you are always welcome to agree or even disagree. But as always, we hope that it is done in charity. Now, here's your host, Catholic.Dad. Yeah. Hold on, wait, wait. Well, I already did. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, here we go. Let's open up the beers. Cheers, cheers. Ladies first. Cheers. Oh, 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 oh. oh wow. Thank you. you guys are, we're off. This is like, we're, are we actually doing a podcast? Oh, hey, we are doing a podcast episode. Oh, this and, is recording. Um, this is actually recording, so I guess we're going to go with it. Um, Ooh. Yeah. Almost caught that. New adults. <laughs> cheers. Cheers. Wow. There you sound. go. Uh, we are drinking Firestone Walker 805 Cerveza. We are not sponsored by 805, but we're willingly open to allowing you to sponsor an episode of the podcast. Just contact <laughs> us at catholic.dat50 at gmail.com. Was that a, that's pretty that was good. good. That's yeah. good. That was very good. So we're here because we wanted to drink some beers with some guys. So maybe not. But... Thank you, Josue, for bringing the beers. Yep. But we are here because something happened in the church. Oh, actually, something happened with a movie, uh, with this movie that's coming out um, called Padre Pio. Is it out yet? I don't think it's no, out yet. No, no, I don't, I don't no it's not out yet. It's not coming out. And, and a lot of ruckus came out because um, the star, uh, the lead in the movie... Um, Shia LaBeouf, 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 Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf, your car. Yeah. Very good. Shia LaBeouf, your car. Came out with an interview with Father Father Barron, Bishop Barron. Bishop. Always been always a father, but now a bishop. Bishop Barron. About that whole thing that he went through. Um, I actually thought that he was chosen because he looked like Padre Pio, and which I think he actually does. But in that interview, some things came out, and it was like a you know Catholic news. Shia LaBeouf, LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Your car. Yeah. LaBeouf. <laughs> That's how you remember. Um, converted to Catholicism, which amazingly enough, I ended up learning more about him that he wasn't even a Christian. At that point. So that's what we're going to talk about in this episode. We're going to um, look at some of the, the images on YouTube, uh, sections that we looked at, um, listened to, and comment on it. So is this one of those things that they call a commentary episode? Maybe. Maybe You'll have not. to comment to tell us. Yeah. I'm going to first comment on the fact of this beer. 
because <clears throat> I'll comment later. So we're here <laughs> with, of course, Tony. Thank you, Tony, for always having that really great intro. Thanks for letting so, me do the in- intro. Like, yeah, it's, right. it's a, I still am impressed that I'm able to uh, state it Every in the exact same way. single time. Every and you know what? Time. That's always amazing that we have... Um, this guy's sister and brother-in-law, Diego and Elizabeth, mm-hmm. always singing that intro music. In the exact same exact way. Exact same way. They're right there in the closet um, singing it. When did he stay? So we'll let him out. <laughs> but um, but as so, usual in our awkward way of doing episodes, and we actually don't know how because we don't actually have a script, which we should one day. Uh, no, no. No. More work? Why not? Why start now? Yeah, why start now? Unscripted. Unscripted because we have homework to do after this. <laughs> Some of us still have to do our CMFP homework. You could do like clip notes on like post-it notes or something like that. <clears throat> we tried. <laughs> we tried. It just, yeah. And we were actually trying to transition and saying, you know, we need to make these episodes shorter um, and get away from you know the the side comments and, and we're off to and a great we are start. actually really off to a great start <laughs> but i'm here with tony um you know and we have two other people who are you guys and what are you doing in our podcast room we came for the beers uh yes yes yeah no. so introduce yourself guys um, you can go first man. i am mcpherson rodriguez uh i am a uh, friendly neighborhood catholic um I attend the parish of Our Lady of the Assumption in San Bernardino, uh, involved with the ministry over there. And uh, I was invited to uh, comment or to offer up some comments uh, yeah. in response to, you know, this whole Shia LaBeouf thing. Awesome. And who are you? My name is Josue. I have been here previously. I don't know which episode it was, but um, yeah, uh, not not a familiar face. Um Home Parish St. Mary's here in Fontana. Whoa, that's a place I know. Yeah. Um, but now, you know, following my wife around wherever she works, that's where we go to Mass. And, <laughs> Be like um, yeah. You know, go visit OLA with McPherson. and That is an amazing name, by the way, which I thought was your last name. Oh, McPherson? Yeah. And then I found out your last, the the other name was Rodriguez. And I'm like, that is a weird first name. (laughs) (laughs) What's your middle name, isn't it? Uh, Michael. Michael is your middle name. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Everything's all over. And by the way, whose idea was this? Josue. Josue? The main man? The main man. I think it was Padre Pio's. It was Josue's idea. Yeah, you know, and so we're like, oh well, why not? Let's talk about it because it is interesting information. It's a, it is interesting news that a guy who we watched on TV from Transformers to, I think first one of those movies, Holes, Holes. and wasn't he on like Nickelodeon or Disney or? Uh, yeah, he was on. Uh, was it Boy Meets World? No, was that him? No, 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 that no, wasn't him. That was. Uh, I don't know. He was on something on TV. Like yeah. uh, for for one of the uh, like the teen channels or something. Uh, it's yeah. for sure Disney though, right? It was not I Nickelodeon. It was Disney. Yeah, I don't think it was for Nick. sure ni- not Nickelodeon. <laughs> but he was always that quirky kid. You know, it's like everyone can relate to who's quirky. Um, but you know, it, it's like he wasn't the person that you would think would be doing like movies about Padre Pio, 
And for those of you who don't know who Padre Pio is, I mean, what rock have you been living under? Um, <laughs> if you're listening to this, you probably are Catholic. So you probably already know who Padre Pio is. You know, stigmata, uh, he's famous for uh, being able to read a person and the way that he celebrated Mass. Mm-hmm. And I think what a lot of people didn't realize is when Father Padre, <laughs> Father Pio, which is Saint. Padre Pio, Saint, <laughs> Saint Padre Pio, <laughs> during that time um, was celebrating Mass in, in the traditional Latin Mass because that was the Mass that he yeah. knew. I, I don't think he's ever celebrated an Novus Ordo. Yeah, beyond that, I mean, he also established the third biggest hospital in Italy. Which one is help, that? Help established. Uh, I don't know the name. Um, it was in the interview. With I, I did know. Yeah, yeah, it, it was mentioned. Yeah, um, but it's apparently the third largest hospital in Italy. So, wow. Um, yeah. The beer is slightly bitter. Um, is this? It's a pale ale. No, I think it's. That was easy. <laughs> so, well, let, let's let's um, let's we jump let's, in and yeah, let's just jump in and and talk about this. And so, for you guys who are listening and interested about Padre Pio and um, the the total complete interview uh, with uh, Shia LaBeouf, LaBeouf with Bishop Barron. Just go on YouTube, look at it. We're going to listen and watch with you some of these uh, sections, uh, certain clips, and then maybe give some commentary on what what our thoughts about that is. So pay attention and listen. Anybody else have any comments so far? No? You guys are great. You're doing a great job. Thank you for bringing the beer. (laughs) (laughs) You already criticized it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I like it. I like it. Um, okay, so we're going to go skip through to um, minute 1230 or so where um, they talk about TLM. Um, By the way, there's a very incredible version of that as well that's super activating and very emotional that I've experienced up there with Father Bobby. There's also, and Father Peter, but there's also this something that happened, you know, Christ the King in Oakland does a Latin Mass every day of the week. And it feels like it's, it's not being done to sell me on anything. It, and it feels almost like, like I'm being let in on something very special. And the quiet, uh, um, the, the, it, it, it activates something in me where it feels like I found something. It's a little bit like a band. When a band is pushed on you, uh, you it doesn't feel the same way as, as you finding it. When you find it, then you root for it. It feels like this special thing that you found and you protect it and you hold it and it's yours. And so he's selling me on something. It, it somehow takes my, it kills the, the, my, my, my um, aptitude for it and my suspension of disbelief and my yearnings to root for it. I'm, no, I, I get it. There's an immediate rebellion in me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. You're hitting different dimensions of it, you know, because you might say the shadow side of the older form was it became too much of a theater performance and the audience is kind of sitting there taking it in where what all the liturgical reform people wanted, this is way back in the forties and fifties was this full conscious active participation. So that the, the congregation is not like just watching a show, but we're involved. You say the give and take and so on. Uh, but then the shadow side of the other approach, I think you're right in saying I can feel too put upon like they're, as you say, trying to sell me something. Yes. And, you know, so trying to find that organic rhythm. Because you don't want to be exclusive either. No, right, right. Which is what Latin Mass feels like sometimes. Yeah. It feels like, like I have to know Latin to experience it. 
But however, I would also say that there's certain language where I don't need to know the words. Yeah. Which is what I, what I feel when I watch Pio's Mass. Yeah. I know what's going on. Yeah. I feel it deeply. I, it almost feels more powerful than when I know every single word. It takes me out of the realm of the intellectual, and it puts me squarely in the realm of the feeling the and the beauty thing that you talk about. Do you know what Joseph came... So let's pause there, because he, he said a lot there, which um, which is kind of the conversation that we're going to end up having probably with this, because... You know when we when we when we heard that oh Shia LaBeouf uh, converted to Catholicism, I says oh great, and then he drops this bomb that he likes a traditional Latin mass and and um, and so what what are you guys comments on what we just saw and and heard? Josue, all of you, all you, <laughs> you buddy. wanted this. Let's, let's hear it. All four of us. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean. When when this initially dropped the interview, it was like, you know, being put out everywhere, um, and a lot of people that that I know, um, you know, that revere the TLM, the traditional Latin Mass, and and kind of uphold it to you know this high standard, they they were you know reposting it on social media and everything, and and it was it was um, it was interesting. I mean, um, how the TLM was able to bring Shia into like this this faith or relationship that he describes in the interview and he, he, he I think he brings it up multiple times throughout the interview that it was the um, t- going to TLMS that actually brought him to a deep deep connection and, and kind of relationship to not only like our Catholic faith but um, deep within himself faith with with Christ and and so it was through the TLM that he kind of brings up multiple times. Um, so I thought that was interesting, um, attending that specific type of mass. Mm. McPherson? Um, I thought that was uh, actually, or I kind of understood a lot of like what he was saying in regards to the, the um, kind of like the selling aspect of, like, I've been to one Latin mass and... I still remember it very, very well. And one of the things that that first grabs you is kind of the mystery of it. You don't really understand, like, what's going on necessarily. Like, I was trying to keep up with uh, using, like, some uh, yeah, some book. stuff from, like, from uh, just normal uh, mm-hmm. masses. I was using um, the, the little books that they had. They're yeah. just trying to, like, follow along. But, like... I couldn't really. All I could really pay attention to was the um, actions of of the priest mm-hmm. and everything that was going on on the altar. And there's a certain you can't fake that authenticity, and you mm-hmm. can't fake that mystery. And I think that's um, uh, that's why Shia LaBeouf kind of was hitting on that as one of the first things. Yeah, and I think he like up the Latin mass. And he like brought that up too where it, it takes you out of the whole like intellectual realm and mm-hmm. brings you just mm-hmm. to the purely like feeling, right? Mm-hmm. And then he, he said that and like just like how you said, it, it since you don't really understand the Latin language that as much, you do rely on your Novosordo sense, but you still mm-hmm. are able to apply that in that TLM experience. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, that's appreciate that because I think a lot of people who've been introduced to, to TLM, and I remember I used to bring, you know, PMLT and core team to make sure that they had an experience of other forms of the mass, uh, 
because that's the richness in our Catholic faith. <clears throat> but I do, I do remember my first time going to TLM and just sitting there. And I remember someone asking me, do you understand? I said, absolutely. And not. <laughs> and the reason for that is, how come you don't get a book? Because they have books in the back. People say they have books in the back. You can follow along. I said, I, I didn't come here to follow along. I came here just to be present. Um, and that's for me. And for other people, they, they like to participate. And you are participating in your presence. Um, but that is the mystery to me when I, when I do go to the TLM Mass. Um, I don't know my, my Latin prayers. Maybe I should. Maybe I don't have to. Um, that, that's, mm-hmm. that's something where, where I do believe that, um, that we're at that junction where people feel, oh, this is something that we all need to do. And I mm-hmm. think when we see, when I saw all those posts that you had mentioned, um, I felt that there are people in, in the TLM crowd that mm-hmm. felt, oh, this is affirmation. This is affirmation that this is mm-hmm. the way we should be. And I, I kind of chuckled when someone said said that to me, literally said that, well, that's affirmation that, you know, it's, it hits hard that way. <laughs> uh, I was like, well, if we're using and taking Shia LaBeouf as the guru of yes, we follow him because he loves the tail end wall. He sees things like that. And and that's, again, falling into that aspect of we're using a secular person who fell in love, Mm -hmm. and maybe that's a minor miracle, um, to to justify, yeah, this is it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm only saying this because I like both. And and a lot of uh, the young people and a lot of the old people that I I talk to say, and I ask them, like I mentioned, Jesus, um, where did you fell in love? With the mass, where were you introduced to the mass? And usually, for your age group, and even mine, it was a Novus yeah, Ordo. I know, yeah. And um, but I do believe that it just enhances certain things when you experience. And I mean, multiple. He, he also did bring that up where it, it can get to a point where it does feel just exclusive. Yeah. So it, it it did, and sometimes you know, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes um, when when I do go, and you. You're not quite there because you're not a frequent. You're you're not. That's not your parish. Mm-hmm. It does seem exclusive. It does seem uh, that there is a uh, an air of superiority of of this this type of mass. And um, I don't. You know, that's just me. That's just my feeling. Um, can I say that? Yeah, you know, I've heard various arguments or discussion topics, perspectives on this and it comes down to like like max said that um i didn't I, i've never heard it said um the nor soto as the um like selling mm-hmm. something and i get that you know mm-hmm. especially when it comes to like the modern style of music's like mm-hmm. it feels too too now yeah. right and mm-hmm. our our faith is rich in tradition too so i i understand that and i actually never thought it from that perspective i can see why there's there's some like Oh yeah, I'd rather go to tr- tradition because it feels more like where mm-hmm. we were at mm-hmm. one point. Um, or, but you know, the the statement about the bringing out of the intellectual into the emotional. You know, I just feel like there's some something like dangerous about that in the faith. Um, and I know with him, he's probably just you know this he's this this is him articulating so his his experience. Um, 
But I mean, like, when we leave our faith experiences based off an emotion, I mean, emotions mm-hmm. change and it shifts. And, you know, when grief happens, like, what happens when our, our faith is based off an emotion? Like, uh, it's going to be stirred in another direction. And you know what I would have loved to hear is, like, it brings me out of the intellectual into the spiritual, right? That oh, it's transcendent, no. that I don't need to hear the words because... I trust in God and I, I know that there's something transcendent that is happening in the mm-hmm. celebration. I don't know. I feel like that would have been another better word to use. Definitely. And that's just my own, you know, semantics or whatever, but I think he'll get there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It could, it could be just for, you know, lack of a, lack of a proper vocabulary. He's articulating it. He's going through it. But I guess it just brings up another yeah. point in mm-hmm. my mind in generality is like, Oh yeah. Like, we don't need to know, like, when I go to Spanish yeah. mass, like, I don't know Spanish. I like, love, right, I love yeah. the Spanish But, mass. like, there, I don't need to know, right? And we don't need to know Latin, per se, because we do right. know that we trust God. Like, this is the, the sacrifice that we are asked to participate mm-hmm. in in this way. Um, do we need the language? Like, But no, we have the... Co- the connection is the spirituality of it, mm-hmm. right? Um, I don't know. That's just, That was just my thought on it. It's it's uh, you know thank you for that because it's something that we always uh, talk about and within within the faith of you know that the church is trying too hard to to um, make the mass more entertaining more more um, appealing to yeah. younger people or using uh, music that uh, that is more appealing and and people look at that and say why, why do you need to do that. When we already have beautiful music, well, beautiful music is is something is subjective <laughs> because the beautiful music that that my parents were arguing about not having, or the music that you're listening to now in the mass, because you know prior to that they you can only play the organ. You know, God forbid you bring out a guitar um, drums. and drums, <laughs> and 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 then when you look at the traditional Latin mass, hold were those hymns that they are singing. Uh, during the the TLM, so there's a period in stages where we do develop. Um, not saying wrong or right, mm-hmm. um, but <clears throat> when we when we look at, you know, what he says is the the danger of it's about feeling. It's about my feelings. It's how I feel. Uh, it's, it's instead of what you said. It's the spirituality of it all. Um, we tend to have in both cases in the TLM uh, and in the Nomos Ordo, my feeling is that it's about how I feel, how it makes me feel. And I've always been taught, then the lights go yeah, on. Yeah, it's like it got darker. Uh, the, <laughs> I think it's outside. Like, it was like Jesus, <laughs> Holy Spirit, all of a sudden it came dark. Uh, but it, it's 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 the that uh, feeling of, of, you know, some people who who like at my parish, you know, St. Mary's, um, I don't like it because it doesn't make me feel like a certain way. Like, well, okay. Or I like this church because it makes me feel better about myself. I'm like, okay. Um, and that's that's all fine and good. Mm-hmm. But I think when when we progress to a next level, next stage that's past feeling about me – and being present because God is there. 
Because God doesn't ask us to go to Sunday Mass for us. Right. It's worship of God for the praise and glory of of his name. And I feel like either TLM or NO in like overarching what the aim of Mass is, is to draw our entire senses. Yes. So Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, in Mass we have the incense. You can smell that. Mm -hmm. That's the sense of smell. More incense, please. (laughs) (laughs) You know, especially for us with asthma. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So it's meant to you know they're going to make the Eucharist when you know that. (laughs) Just kidding. I want to walk into church and not be able to see in front of me. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I want to see altar servers with with albs burning. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Wait, what were you going to say? Oh, no. Continue, I was, continue, continue. You guys are... <laughs> no, it's just meant to draw all their, all their senses. So. Yeah. yeah. I I mean, the that's one of, like, the, the great, like, I guess, tragedies, I feel like, of our time is that, is that a lot of people, they... Um, well, I, I don't want to speak down about, 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 about a lot of people... But, Nobody listens. <laughs> <laughs> Some truth to that, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, um, there, there, yeah, I would say that there's a lot of people who um, they judge things by their feelings, especially like when it comes to <laughs> spiritual things. And the thing is, is that like a spiritual, like in, I feel like we would all agree that it's higher than both the physical, the the emotional, mm-hmm. the, the the mental. I would even say it brings all of that together. It, exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So. In, into into a, a proper union, um, and that's why when somebody ha- is spirit is disordered, there that that, mm. that can present it themselves down. present itself in in their mm-hmm. mind and their body and through the sickness mm-hmm. or and other things, but. Um, which is why it speaks so uh, strongly to the mind, body, and soul and having the proper balance and spiritual um, direction. You always hear that because it does um, affect. And, and, and that's why I was just talking um, yesterday, you know, uh, you know the, when we have the emotional state at such a depleting moment, I mean, it's really easy to blame God. And that's that's why I just, like, when I hear the description of, like, oh, I felt like this, this is based off a of feeling or like mm-hmm. we have formation, like a confirmation or whatever the, cl- the class may be for um, those receiving sacraments. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't know if it's just becomes down a pet peeve for me, but it's just like, don't describe it merely as a feeling. Yes, God gives us emotions and yes, God communicates through emotions. Absolutely. But doesn't mean every feeling that we have is of God and from God, right? Because like, I mean, there's been days I've had feelings where I hate myself. That is not from God, you know? So, and it's just like, it's a slippery slope when we describe God as merely just a feeling. Sorry, Tony. It's just me messing around with you. (laughs) Sit back and relax. This cat, the podcast. There. (laughs) The, uh... Um, I don't lost my train of thought, but thank you for that. <laughs> I actually just lost my train of thought as well. <laughs> I uh, lost it. But I think what I was going to say is something along, along the lines of that. However, that, I would also oh, say that there's... Sorry. Or no, just, <laughs> you're like, <laughs> I just you're like really messing with us right <laughs> now. Good. He's disrupting the flow. <laughs> no, um, uh, I think that... Um, 
you know, I really lost that train. Of yeah, I know. You Sorry. like really messed us up. We were like on a roll. That was that was really good too. Yeah, was... I, I was listening. Yeah. Maybe we should just go into the next one. <laughs> yeah, let's just go. And, and and it's it's you know I just want to share that you know the conversation regarding TLM versus Novus Ordo in this group, there is no Novus Ordo versus TLM because I think we believe in 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 our heart of hearts that you know in every single mass no matter what language, and that's why I want to say no matter what language, um, Christ is present. Um, and there's, you know, with me and my once a month um, dose of, of, uh, of the TLM um, feeds me because I, I need that silence. I need um, that quietness in my relationship with, with God. Um, and in the... The Novus Ordo, unless you attend a daily mass that has no choir whatsoever, mm. and it's straight through, mm-hmm. it's very similar because it's straight through. It's very reverent. Um, the priest is not trying to, quote, unquote, entertain the masses, mm-hmm. but he's just going through and celebrating the mass with me. Uh and if, if, if any of you have the opportunity to go to a daily mass um, at 12 o'clock, 12 noon at St. Bernardine, literally 30 minutes. <laughs> I, I love going to daily mass there because it's literally, it's, it's you, the priest, some old people from the old folks home next door, um, unhoused uh, individuals, lawyers, business people and it's like wow this is the church it's it's, it's a beautiful sight you, you know i just had a random thought but that's that's where this place is for us for random thoughts in this podcast <laughs> but you know i just remembered because you've told me about that mass i have you ever been to a mass like at um a hospital like i i used to spend a lot of time at the va mm-hmm. hospital because of my dad and we had a uh, you know in their little hospital chapel yeah i kid you not I want to say the mass was like 15 minutes. Maybe it was 20. But like, we went through everything. He just didn't make a single pause throughout the whole... It was like... I'm like, what is going... Like, And I was younger then, and I still was like, um... This doesn't feel right, <laughs> but like he did go through everything. That's, so, that's yes. how mass was at, at my university. It's like 15 minutes in and out. Really? Yeah. Straight and it's through. like straight through, right? Yeah, no yeah, pauses, yeah. right? Yeah. Between... No prayers are missed. Like, yeah, it's it's yeah. crazy. It's it's a trip. And, and, and again, tangent, Nova Sordo, there's, there is a thing where you feel like you, you need to be entertained because I've, I've had episodes where I'm just, you know, Praying to my, you know, praying and, and saying, please allow me to, to, to just be silent about this because in our, in our desire to entertain with really good music, we cut out prayers mm-hmm. or we shorten mm. certain prayers that need to be part of the mass. And you're like, oh, but here's where formation comes. Not all parishioners know. Yeah. And yeah. so they feel that that's the way it's supposed to be. Right. And then they go to another <clears throat> parish and it's like, wow, they, they say that? Or that's yeah. different? And then you hear things like, oh, that's right. That's not right. And it's like, yeah. have we been formed to know have which we? is which? Is, which is? <laughs> Catechesis. Yeah. Catechesis. <laughs> so so let's, topic. Let's, let's move on to the next topic where he talks about the transforming power of the gospel. So listen up. His, the... The grizzle. Yeah. Right. And then you get further into the gospel and 
you start getting into like elements of this like redemptive. It felt like I started reading about a route. I started like reading a map like, yeah. towards something that felt like um, let go. That's really what I got out of the Gospels. If I could wrap it up in two words, it was let go. And at that time when I was reading it, I was holding on so tight to a life that I was slipping away through my hands to uh, 35 years of management that the gospel gave me this, um, this invite to just let go. What never was appealing to me about Buddhism was this idea like if I'm in a boat and the boat is sinking and I don't know how to swim, Buddhism is a book that tells you and read this and learn how to swim better. And at the time of my life, like I didn't want to swim anymore. I had a gun on the table. I was out of here. Uh, I didn't want to be alive anymore when all of this happened. Okay. Uh, shame like I had never experienced before. Kind of shame. You forget how to breathe. You don't know where to go. You can't go outside. You get like a, a taco. Like you don't want to go anywhere. And that's where you are when you're up there reading the gospel and, and thinking about the yes. life I reveal. You're yes. Advanced state. Yes. But I'm also in this like this deep desire to like hold on. Yeah. And so I read the gospel with this man, Jude, and I keep hearing like in many different variations of it. I'm not going to explain the whole gospel here. Nor do I need to. It's you. But I, I keep hearing let go. And to a person who's been gripping so tight for so long, it feels like, ah, uh, uh, it just feels like, it's just a, uh, it just feels like the right move to let go, like complete surrender for real. And, um, and it stops being this like prep of a movie and it starts being something that feels beyond all that. And I stopped sending videos. Like at a certain point with Jude, I just like really fall in. And then I meet these, win these, these women, Sister Lucy. Right. So he talks about transforming power of the gospel. Let go. Let go. That's what I got. That wasn't interesting, the, the Buddhism comparison of, like, the swimming. It, like, teaches you yeah. how to continue swimming. My, my question was, because if I'm not mistaken, he doesn't go back to the, that. What is he implying the church necessarily in in relation to the swimming analogy or uh, you uh, know what i'm saying like because mm -hmm. it was like um you know it teaches me to swim but i don't want to continue swimming so what would the gospel i don't know that was, I see what you're saying. i'm not sure where he was going I, with I it but like he, he might have uh completed yeah the the analogy a little bit later on but i'm not 100 percent sure um but uh it's actually interesting that, that he mentions Buddhism there because, um, at, at least from like a Catholic Christian perspective, the there's Buddhism. It's almost like it, it advocates for um, it. In, well, from the Chris, uh, Catholic Christian mm -hmm. perspective, you um, take upon your suffering willingly, pick up your cross. Right. You right. you do this for the sake of others. There, mm -hmm. I mean, there is mm -hmm. there is I a lot it. that's yeah, yeah. that about you and your relationship to God and to others and like and it's but not for the most rushing part, away like the Buddhism. I think he was implying is like just keep swimming, just keep swimming. Like don't worry yeah. about your problems, right? Yeah. yeah, don't don't worry about your problems. Like, yeah, just mm -hmm. keep going. Yeah, yeah like whereas people, you're saying the, yeah, exactly. the Catholic perspective is to no it it recognize it. We're all suffering, right? Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Oh yeah, no, it's okay. I was just blown away because he's. I'm like, what is? What are they talking about? What is he talking? And you, you guys explained it so clearly. 
Because <laughs> Buddhism actually actually is kind of like almost a rejection. Or, mm. well, I, I don't want to overgeneralize, but mm. but typically, they're like the, 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 the uh, one of the, I guess in practice, it's almost like, and from the Catholic perspective, it's, it's almost like a rejection of your cross saying, mm. I don't want to suffer. And so let me eliminate every single thing in my life that makes me suffer. The people who it's are like, part of it. It's mm. like the Jedi way. It's like get rid of all attachments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anything that brings you sorrow, detach from. It. That's why we're Mandalorians. <laughs> we're not Je- Ca- Catholic Mandalorians. Shameless Jedi Buddhists. It's all. It's all in the house. It's. This the train. We're getting off the. Train. Yes. I keep keep going because I, I love where you're yeah, going. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Oh. Sorry. Okay. Uh, that, that honestly, that was that was kind of. It was a little side thought that I had about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, just because, uh, honestly, like for for the, for the longest time, like, the, and there 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 is, especially if you're if you're a young Catholic, there is a lot of. It's not very clear how you're supposed to interpret and view other religions. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it wasn't until very very recently that I had heard that kind of perspective, mm-hmm. where that that, um, and and of course we respect other faiths. We we respect yeah. what what people believe, but. It's also, there's also a, I mean, Jesus tells us, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Mm-hmm. There, there's no one who goes to the Father without going Through to me. Christ yeah. first. And so, it's, so correct me if I'm understanding this. So, so in, in a way, in Buddhism, it's about me, my center, mm-hmm. and centering mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not good at a certain place, I should just move forward yeah. and keep moving. Like well, uh, and it, it, or like just let go more. Just and, let go more. Well, from my it's a uh, different kind of let go. Yeah, from my limited, very very limited, just clarification, limited understanding. It's also like there's something that's imbalanced with of which why you're feeling this way. Therefore, um, you have to look inward in this sort of thing. But it's all it's all centered Cent- on the rare, self. Rare, on rare, self rare, yes. rare, Whereas rare, I think when in in our mm-hmm. Christian faith, it's not centered on the self. But on the body, mm-hmm. which is the entire body of Christ, which is all of us. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing of, you know, let go. It's also what you said, carry your cross. But, you know, we can also <laughs> help other people carry their crosses. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, sorry, I have to ask. Do you remember the quote I shared yesterday that I couldn't nail? Oh, yeah. Do you remember? You want to relay it? Do I don't want to butcher it. it so. Okay, I, okay, I think <laughs> I can get it. So it was God. Was that? Just say you're paraphrasing. Yeah, so I'll paraphrase it. You don't have to be 100 from, from, I believe it was St. Augustine. God had only one son that didn't sin, but he didn't have any children that didn't suffer. Right? So that we all suffer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jesus didn't sin, um, one son, but we all suffer. So we all take up our cross. Like, that is what the unifying of Catholicism and Christianity mm-hmm. is. Is that we all suffer and we all have to take up that suffering and give it back to God. That that suffering points back to God, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the Catholic mm-hmm. perspective that that we were talking about. And a daughter that didn't sin. But but that, but that's <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But okay, so the really quick. <laughs> that's what we were talking about. Clarification. <laughs> I couldn't think of the. I was doing the talk yesterday at the time of this recording, yeah. and I couldn't get the the quote down. But it was the word son, son, yeah, son, yeah. not not, not child, child right. which is the clarification. <laughs> so I had to look back that. Uh, see my Instagram for clarification. That's the exact quote. <laughs> Shameless plug. Uh, Shameless. But the, at many times. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> something something Arnold said actually kind of reminded me that that I mean there, there's a reason why like uh, when two or more more of you gather in my name I am mm-hmm. present or I am there mm-hmm. and it can't be just you on right, your own yeah. it, it has to be right there Someone has to else. be that connection it's through community that's yeah. also and present mm-hmm. I think it's the the big boat Mahayana Buddhism where there's belief that that after enlightenment it's taking a could, step back i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> all uh, you you can you can come back to like teach people but you don't have to mm-hmm. but like that well what what does buddhism think about like afterlife or like eternal life that it's not it's not very clear like well there's there's a lot of it's, it's one of the problems is that there's there's a few different sects of buddhism there's mahayana there's zen then there's little boat Buddhism. I forget the the proper name for that one. Um, and then there's a lot of exchange between that and like Hinduism. Because mm. um, uh, I guess what I'm trying to do is like, what would be the distinction that we believe in like eternal life as Catholics, Christian Catholics? They believe that, we're already living eternal life through like things like reincarnation, uh, okay. And, oh, okay. and coming and, back, and then no. enlightenment. Um, because that path to eternity for us, you know. It's it's the is it similar to Hinduism where you know the way that you live your life um, and regeneration coming back mm-hmm. determines at what level would be uh, your next life. Yeah. So if you're a crappy person, then you'd end up like <clears throat> a, a bug that people stomp on. Mm-hmm. Ah. Um, okay. And then Nirvana and enlightenment is breaking from that cycle. And being free from essentially a life and death, and I think that's why it's appealing to, to, to a lot of young people, a lot of people because um, they get to come back, uh, mm. uh, and and have a better life. And it's it's a very mm. dangerous thing because you know if I don't like this life, then let me just end it now because I'll just come back. Maybe I'll come back better. Uh, um, whereas uh, we believe that. You don't come back. Yeah, this is you go you somewhere better, or or, or worse. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, this is kind of like one of the things, that, or like, because actually on topic with what Child of Up was saying was that uh, 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 the Gospels are pretty hardcore. Like, like Jesus doesn't mess around. Like, yeah. he he is very clear about the goats and the sheep and how there's probably going to be a lot more goats than there are sheep. And Matt. <laughs> and uh, uh, and they make the same sound. They do goats and sheep. Really, I did yeah, not. They know bleat. That. If you didn't know, you didn't know. I so know, you know. It's that. hard to determine. Yeah. Uh, to the... <laughs> Maybe we should keep moving on. Oh, yeah. But I, I really like what he says because he focused on the gospel of, of let go, and it's almost like what some lot of people say is let go and let God. Yeah. So you know, as Catholics, we focus a whole lot on on the Gospels, and a lot of our Protestant yeah. brothers and sisters focus a lot on Paul. Uh, but we're totally but, a lot in 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 the Gospels, and it, it tells us how to let go and let God. Well, uh, and then, in context to what he's talking about, and I forget if it's mentioned at this point or not, but I know that he talks a lot about in his testimony as far as the challenging of his ego and overcoming that, and 
And I'm sure that that's probably also where he was going with it was that, you know, Jesus says to be selfless and and to Mm -hmm. serve one another and to love one another. And it's not about the self and the ego. It's about how are you going to serve my children? How are you going to serve God? You know, so I'm sure that there was a little bit of that as well in in that statement. And and thank you for sharing that because it is a lot of our teaching is is how to serve the other, how to serve me. Mm hmm. It's not about us. And how to be joyful doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is a great, great one. <laughs> but don't. Like, yeah. Gosh, we're so Letting go. It's like, yeah. What a great segue to the next part where we talk actually about <laughs> laughter, which equals AKA joy. So let's listen to this part. Wait. Let's listen to. Oh, no. We'll start from there. We'll start right here. He's always around. And I started falling into this group and I'm living there. So I'm taking showers in, in there and I'm eating with them and we're hanging out. And, and they're I'm, drawing you into the, the Christian, the Catholic thing. They're yeah. drawing you into the gospel. Into the He's story. talking about the Capuchins. It's yes. not even like they're trying to, they're drawing me into like laughter. They're like sharing yeah. jokes with me. It's like, we're just like hanging out. And I, at this time I had no friends in my life. So yeah. I, what, see, what did Jesus do with people when he first met them? Typically he, he drank with them. You know, so you think of Jesus, well, he's giving the Sermon on the Mount. Well, yes, he does. But the typical move of Jesus was, well, let's get around the table and we'll and we'll talk. Yeah. And he's talking to prostitutes and sinners and tax collectors. And, you know, so that move of theirs, uh, you know, to kind of draw you in. Yeah. Draw you into their life. Yeah. And I'm eating their ice cream. Yeah. And I'm eating them out of house at home. And I'm filling the tacos back up. But, like, I'm really, like, I'm, I'm they're not asking nothing of me. They're not asking me to sign nothing. They're not asking me to do nothing or yeah. take pictures. I'm just like sitting around and I'm petting their cats and I'm hanging out, you know? Yeah, right. And, um, and, uh, but the, the lesson of, so as we hear laughter in the background, so we hear laughter as the ladies are <laughs> so in. appropriate. Yep. Laughter equals also known as hey, I'm empty. joy. Where's the rest of it? Oh, Ooh, you're it's, in the kitchen. I'll get it. Keep Wait, talking. Um, I, I guess the reason I chose this little timestamp um, was because he, he mentions laughter, obviously. Um, but as us Catholics, you know, formed Catholics, we know that th- there's a higher ground, which is joy, which is what we all strive for. Um, and I think he's kind of alluding to that. But but in in staying with like the term of our physical like emotion, it is laughter. It can be, you know, happiness, whatever it is. But. Um, adding the spiritual element to it is brings the joy yeah. that, that we seek for. So. Right, it, it manifests through laughter. Well, thank you, mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean we're joyous. Right, joy resides in something so much more profound. Is is a movement of the spirit, not just merely of the body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, but it is true. It's just that um, that is the heart of what's referred to as comely as the pre-evangelization. A component of formation right that we break bread with the person we get to know the person people are not going to know how much you care until you they know uh, people are not going to know people are not going to care about how much you know until they know how much you care um and that for you to actually laugh with them be with them mm-hmm. know with them know what they like what they dislike and um that's so cool that that was part of his testimony because it speaks so so strongly yeah. to that point and it's funny because us on the like us on the outside we're like he's talking about joy but he doesn't know it <laughs> right right, <laughs> right. right. But, uh, but sorry he's getting there he's getting but but it, isn't that the the beauty of this whole thing of exactly. this video yeah. is the testimony is the fact that he's he's affirming 
these models of evangelization and of catechesis and of drawing that disciple exactly. in. And not even I don't, knowing. And then, yeah, and I don't exactly. know if he realizes that. Maybe he does. Who knows? But, but like, that's what I love about the video when it comes down to not necessarily every point that he's making or mm -hmm. not making or kind of a little misguided or guided or on point or whatever the thing is. Um, but he's, it's a testimony in heart and, and, yeah, there are messiness and testimonies, mm -hmm. and there's some great beauty, and that's what I love about it, is the roller coaster of faith. Uh, right. Yeah. He's he's entered into it. Mm -hmm. it it's funny too, because the uh, I feel like uh, in popular culture, uh, or like in depictions of Catholics, we're like a very like serious people, like suffering, mm -hmm. uh, kind of, and like there is truth to that. Like you know, we take our. We, we take on our we pick up our crosses mm -hmm. we we um there's a very over pious like, uh, yeah it, it, <laughs> but and yes piety and all those things are very good but uh people and maybe not like such a seriousness that you can't enjoy things but but in the uh, media he, maybe he, shia labeouf he's highlighting like even at like a, a place you'd probably think would be a very serious contemplative kind of mm -hmm. right that's not what he mentions atmosphere. he mentions the laughter that's exactly. the first point yeah that they're just living in the joy of the gospel mm -hmm. they're seeing him as a person e exactly and they they don't treat him any different and that's one of the things that that, that jesus said is that yeah. i mean he didn't tell sinners to keep on sinning but he right. he, he met with them like he and he he talked with them and he he tried to or i mean not tried to he saved them. he saved them. Yeah. there's many that he, that he saved uh, and, or people that he offered that that redemption to, and then they might have. I, I think of the uh, the guy who uh, I don't know if it's ever clearly stated whether he uh, did the right thing or the wrong thing, but Jesus told him not to uh, tell the Pharisees about his healing oh, yeah. on the Sabbath, and mm -hmm. he did that. But then he just goes and tells everybody. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> Can't uh, hold a secret. <laughs> what does joy stand for? That stands for Jesus first. Other second, and you third. Wow! Wow! Great segue to that. <laughs> I, I love what what um, what I caught of what you guys said, uh, because it is it's 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 so true that we 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 sometimes make that mistake of of trying to bring someone into the faith by bombarding them with all kinds of information. Oh, you should read Aquinas. Right. Uh, you should read Augustine. You know, you know, have you read Chesterton? <laughs> people are like um you scare me c.s lewis um and so in this you know they didn't bring him in to intention you know I, and that's that's the beautiful thing about evangelization the intentionality of evangelization is intentional of why you want to share your faith it's not intended it's not to convert souls it's just to live life to its fullest, which is the fullness of Christ that's within you, to share that and let others see that, and they see joy. That's my that's my whole thing. Is they see joy in you, they want to be a part of you, they want to be around you. But if if you're if you're preaching fire and brimstone, uh, <laughs> kind of like oh man, that's like I'm not even gonna have a beer with you. <laughs> uh, let's go on to the next one. Which is um, you chose, uh, you know, on minute forty-one, 
a man in today's world. What does that mean? What does that mean? A man in today's world. What do you guys think that means? While well, I'm wait, trying to find wait this. Wait for me. But just, I gotta use bathroom. Yeah, go for it. What? A man in today's world. A man world? in today's world. We're going to talk about Out Mac. of context, Out I would say context. a godless world. A minute 41, <laughs> minute 30 seconds. 41 and 30 seconds. We're going to hit it there. And while, man, and did he drink his whole beer? Oh, he's There's had still a like little bit there. Two glasses and a beer. Yeah, he needed to use the restroom. It's really interesting. You know, I, I, I wasn't, I have to share with you. I wasn't like, well, what are we going to do with this podcast? But having these these sections that we're we're watching, I really like the conversation that's coming from it. Um, so it's really really yeah, good. I so. was I was coming up with some timestamps last night, like at one o'clock in the morning after the retreat. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I remember because I just got home from my high school reunion, and you're like, "Why is he texting me at one o'clock in the morning?" Um, Sarah was in bed with me, and she was like, who's texting you? My phone was, like, <laughs> vibrating. I was like, that question, who's texting you? At this hour. Is, yeah, at this hour is the exact question that every night Bethany asks, and it's always our night. <laughs> I was awake. I woke up. So I had something. Oh. You know when something comes in your, eye, your, yeah. your brain, you got to text it? It's like, yeah. there's no intention for which you guys funny, to read it. Because Bethany, I don't know which podcast it was, but she's like, I text Arnell more than I text Tony. So, I mean, yeah, I think because both of us suffer from like waking up at the witch's hour at 3 a.m. Yikes. (laughs) And by then, because my sleeping routine is so bad, that's the time I finally fell asleep. (laughs) It's when we start texting. All right. So, on this this part, it says a man in the in in, in today's world. In today's world the woods and come back with a lion's head you know there's no puberty ceremony for a young man today you know it's, that's a problem in our culture yes we've forgotten how to do that and you don't really know what what, what it is to be right a man, of passage you know and and he's, he starts james starts talking about mountains you know this is where seven story mountain comes about but we were in a conversation about seven a mountain, mountain about what in nature is masculine oh that's right yeah and i'm like uh, thomas uh, merton and he says mountain and he says do you know why he goes because it's immovable you know the wind is not going to move a mountain and and then we start talking about my wife and my, what, what my wife wants in a man and, and being stable and where that stability comes from for a man. And that it's not going to be something you will. It's going to be something you lean on. And that mountain is in that chapel. This is like my journey to this. He starts running you back to the bus sack. Yeah. And, but he does it like through this rah-rah cowboy talk. You know, I feel like I'm listening to like the... Uh, <laughs> like, I love that. I don't, know, I don't know what to describe it as, but it feels like John Wayne... It's like this this raw raw kind of thing that touched on the, it kind of Kumbaya. it touched on this thing that I came from and it 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 accounted for this whole side of this Christ that I didn't know yet and he sort of like masculinized the whole thing for me as this warrior's journey and he starts saying he starts reading like Heraclitus to me I don't, let's <laughs> pause there <laughs> I don't know then like, oh, John Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> So what does that mean for you guys? A man in today's world. He started with, you know, the rite of passage. We don't have those anymore. Uh, you know, it's like, what does that mean? I mean, I, I know for a fact that there are plenty of uh, men's sessions I've been to on retreats and events. I mean, that's, that's a common question that we talk about. Is like, what does that mean? Uh, when are we met a man and defining that? And what does that come from? And I, I don't know where he's... 
kind of a little lost as where he's going, but I do know that that is a common struggle. That what does it mean, and where does it mean in our faith mm-hmm. of between this distinction of a man and a boy of where should we be in our in our faith in relation to that? But and um, he does mention um, he brings up his wife um, and how she needs you know mm-hmm. stability and That's she right. needs someone that is immovable. Someone is it, is it a hypothetical wife or a real wife? Uh, pretty sure it's his no, wife. He's, he's married. I think he's married. He's yeah. Married. Um, and he says that 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 mountain for him is in the chapel, like it's mm-hmm. it's in the blessed sacrament. So, for us men, us men with wives, men, you know, mm-hmm. in general, to be that mountain for for those around us, for our community, being isn't with the blessed sacrament, mm-hmm. brings it back to the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. Wow, it, it's a rock. For our I mean, church. Yeah. confirmation could be, can be interpreted as almost a, a kind of rite rite of passage, but I think one of the problems with it is that, or not, there's no problems with confirmation. I, I, I'll say in the modern context mm-hmm. that one of the things that leads to an issue is that um, uh, men uh, or boys, and this is what he meant by rite of passage. I think there's like there's needs to be kind of like a formal transition between or more of a formal transition between a boy and a man like there needs to be like okay you did this and you did that while you're boy but after you did that now you're a man mm-hmm. and um you don't but do that in, con- in confirmation that's not that, that's not the goal of confirmation and the other part of it is that you're also with, with you're being confirmed with uh with women with girls and so and mm-hmm. so there's it's not particular to boys and so Especially in, in modern society. But but They're, then again, uh, just as I process this, you know, like, what, Shia LaBeouf's, like, I don't know, is he, like, mid-30s? Or, I don't know. He's a 40. Uh, he's probably he's 40, 40. Yeah. And, 44, maybe. It begs the question of, like, check. we're talking about spirituality, right? We're not talking about age. We're talking about, especially firming in our faith, right? Building up a foundation, be in, uh, just like a mountain spiritually, Right, that your faith can't mm-hmm. be shaken, and right. and I think that's the important distinction is that we're we're talking about it in a spiritual context, not in a maturity necessarily, but a spiritual maturity. And that's those are very two different things. How old is thirty six? <laughs> okay, so yeah, mid thirties. Yeah, just looks older. It's a hard life. I would say he, that they're, the they're... he's being Padrepio, of course. It's a hard so, life. Go ahead, Chris. Oh, uh, oh, I I would say that there's a um, they're not, they're not in like, they're not intrinsically tied together, but there is, there is some kind of correlation there. And I think that's one of the reasons why you're seeing a, a lot of young men. I mean, it's not particularly young men, but like a lot of young men checking out of the faith, a lot of young men checking out of, um, checking out of a lot of things, marriage, mm-hmm. um, college, the dropout rates for, for men in college right now is crazy. Uh, depression, anxiety, all sorts of things that that um, that I would, at the very least, I would not be surprised if there there's a um, something spiritual that is kind of mm-hmm. um, it, that's missing there, that's yeah. leading to all these problems. And it, it, it's so true. I mean, it's, this is colloquial that we always say that if 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 the father is active in his faith that his children will follow. Yeah. There's there's something about the silence of a man versus a mom's nurturing way 
that their children follow. They follow because, well, my father does that, and it's an expectation. Uh, my mother has a desire for me to be in the faith, but my father expects me, and there's that stability, there's that strength. Uh, as my mother would say, you know, as, as said, is, you know, men are mountains and wives are the wind. You know, it's like, that's the one thing that will take down that mountain, though. <laughs> <laughs> Slowly, but um, degrade, <laughs> but no comment. But, but um, uh, you know, I've I'm been married 18 years happily, <laughs> 26 years, uh, but but 26 years total, 18 happy. Uh, what, yeah, look forward to that. Uh, actually, it's more like 24 years. Um, I'm zoning out. <laughs> yeah. But but a man in today's world, I mean, you guys are in today's world, you know, I'm quietly quitting. Uh, <laughs> but this is the challenge for you guys and, and, and having that stability to be that witness of men <clears throat> kneeling in front of the Blessed Sacrament. We need to see that. We truly need to see that because in our, in our church today, you won't hardly see that. You'll see the women, even at retreats, when you have the Blessed Sacrament, it is the ladies who will come and spend all night uh, <laughs> praying in front of the Blessed Sacrament, and the men are not present. And I think that's what m young men need to see. Maybe that's what's missing. It's, it's simultaneously a failure of men and a failure to men, because mm. men are basically failing themselves. And, yeah. and I think the thing is, is that no one really, like, yeah, no one's really like you know checking up on like men being like, oh yeah, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 low expectations. You know, yeah, when you have low, low expectations, expectations, and you know they'll meet that low expectation. Mm -hmm. So let's go on to this part. It says the Eucharist is not just a cracker. Wow, <laughs> the Eucharist is not just a cracker. Very interesting title. <laughs> Forty-four ten. We'll start. Where where are we in the story? But but um, we've well, come a long way spiritually. At that point. Yes. I mean, you've now now some... really like now experiencing prayer, yeah. experiencing rosary. I'm starting to learn wow. mass yeah. really well. I'm starting to be a part of mass. I'm starting to feel the effect of mass. I'm not receiving the host yet because um, we weren't sure if I was baptized or not. And so funny. I couldn't receive yet, and I felt this deep longing. Like, I didn't know I was baptized. I had been baptized earlier in my life and didn't even remember it. Yeah. My my uncle was a, a uh, uh, had had baptized me in uh, Trinity uh, 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 Trinitine. Uh, I'm saying it wrong. Uh, Trinitarian formula. Yes, uh, that's right. Yeah. And, and so I so then we found out that I could receive mass. I started receiving mass, and I start feeling like this um, deep reprieve. It's not just this like it's not just like a cracker anymore. I start feeling like a, I start feeling a physical effect from it. I start feeling a reprieve, and it starts feeling like regenerative. And, um, and I, and I start, um, enjoying it to such a degree. I don't want to miss it ever. And then I start going to other masses in different parts of the city. I wind up to San Lorenzo. Um, and can I, I just have a fun question. Okay. All right. Serious. Okay, guys. So you're, you're studying to be Padre Pio in a movie. Does this count as sacramental preparation for first Holy Communion? Go. <laughs> Like you had to go to the history. <laughs> Sorry, I, just, I had to ask that. Sure, it could be. 
<laughs> no, in all seriousness, he probably had to learn a lot in order, because especially to do the mass and so on. I, 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 just I, being I did. Silly. I did question that, and I'm like, well, how how did he begin to receive first communion? Um, and then I looked back and and actually looked at you know the, how long he was with the Capuchins, mm-hmm. and he had to live mm-hmm. with them and and learn the ways and and. He was constantly being taught by mm-hmm. by this one person. Um, for me, six months with an individual one on one, living with them and and learning the faith—that's catechesis. That's mm-hmm. that's uh, that's preparation. And with a capuchin. And with a capuchins <laughs> and um, and beards, beards <laughs> and beer. You know. Uh, Beard, I, I probably beards, would believe that that was and... that was when he had a sacramental prep, and that he received you know the Eucharist uh, right there, um, probably in the monastery. Yeah, but it is interesting. I wonder is... if like they have to like contact like bishops and like things like that, just be like, hey, are we on solid footing here? <laughs> <laughs> are, are we are we good to do this? Are we uh, blaspheming? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's interesting that he said it got to a point where he didn't want to miss. Mm-hmm. You just wanted to keep keep on coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I, I want to ask you guys: Was there a point in your faith where you were just like that, where you didn't want to miss? Like, like you know, you were just so on fire that you know what? I want to go to daily mass. It for me, I, I want to say like it, it comes and goes. Um, I feel like in times where there's kind of like a lot of pressures from like i would say like or at least and how i look at it like kind of like the expectations of the world that like say like oh i I need some extra money so i need to like work a lot this week (laughs) and like i have to do this 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 and that and um in that like when you have a ton of things to do with like not that you don't um not that you stop valuing it, valuing it as much. It's just that you, it's harder to find the time and the time, especially to like give it its proper attention. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like there, like there have been times where, or there have been a lot of times where I wanted to do, wanted to do like a, a full, uh, read through the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, like I did when it, uh, I was a kid with like the kids version with <laughs> 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 <But> the pictures. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, and I've knocked out a lot of the Bible out of order, uh, but <laughs> just at, at every at every uh, every time I do it, there's just like one week or two weeks, or and maybe it's even just that one day where the habit breaks, and then you get back into it for like another week or like mm. another two weeks, and then it just kind of slips out, and then you have to. A little while, your go, a little period exists between mm-hmm. that last time and the next time, yeah. and you kind of feel bad for for. Hey, I mean, not kind of. You do feel bad for for not keeping up with yeah. it. It's it's just there is kind of a push and pull, and a lot of it may have to do with spiritual things that you know we don't always have a full understanding of. But um, yeah, but yeah, there. Uh, like when it comes to the times when I am on fire with my faith, it is kind of like that where it's just, I don't want to be th- even thinking about other things. Like uh, mm-hmm. my faith is the only thing I really want to think. Yeah. About. Um, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Tony. Um, I was going to say 
going back to the point with the Bible, I mean, that's how that's how I perfectly would describe uh, doing the mess uh, in a year with Father Mike, uh, or sorry, the Bible in a year yeah. um, with Father Mike. Um, and I did get through, but I was like four months after the fact when it ended <laughs> because I, I, but I got you finished, to, but I did finish. Yeah. And I can actually say in a sense, I've read the Bible, um, don't think through in order or whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, I had to find myself saying I have to be realistic of what, where my spirituality is and especially where my mental state and going back to this mm -hmm. mind, body and soul, you know, balance. And it's like, you know what? Um, I had to establish like at one point, I think it was like six months since so I was like, um, I have to at least take weekends off and not do this because like I'm, I'm, I work in the church. Like mm -hmm. all I do is work, look at scripture and catechism, like 40 hours a week or more. Um, and then there's, there's gotta be some balance of me, like turning that off just so I can unwind them to think yeah. about something else. Um, which was direction from a, a, a priest for me to do. And I think that's an important distinction too. Um, that going back to your question, um, I think what would pinpoint my most highest peak of love for mass and, and the importance and wanting to desire going so much is um, through mass underground, which at this point where by the time this is recorded, the next mass underground event would have <laughs> oh, passed. Right. But um it, it was through that where that, for those who don't know, in short, Mass Underground is, you know, where they have little pop-up masses in random places that are other than um, your traditional churches and that sort of thing. But it's heavily revolved with, and it, correct me guys if I'm wrong, but it's St. Mother Teresa who says, um, live Mass like it's your first, last, and your only Mass. Was it her quote? I think it was. Yeah. Right. And um, it was that that quote and the way did uh, David Calavita specifically describes it, um, the sacrifice that goes into it and slowly diving into the mass more and every year through uh, my formation of sacramental preparation where I get to describe the mass and reflect on it for my own development every single time. It's like um, I can never measure up to going to every single day mass uh it, it's it, it does become a little uh, mm -hmm. i don't know if this is proper to say but spiritually exhausting a little um that's probably like people are going oh, that, you, you shouldn't be like that but yeah. that's what it kind of feels like um but again for me to try to find a, a balance to it um but to answer your question like that's that's when i remember that i have a part to play that uh, I should be appreciating it like it's like my first, my last, mm -hmm. my only mass that I'll ever go to where heaven meets the earth. Like it's a huge miracle. It's a huge um, undeserved gift for us to be able to participate in the holy mass. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just surreal to even think about when I stop and it gets overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, La fe canta. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. What, Translation, please. Faith, faith is tiring. Is, oh, which and, is what and, you were yeah. talking about. Mm. So um, the the whole yeah. thing of, of it being exhausting. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, wise words from priests that you know there are times where you have to pause mm -hmm. and and listen mm -hmm. uh, because a lot of times we do uh, go into the mass to to. You know, quote unquote, to be fed, or, mm -hmm. um, but um, but you're constantly fed because he's ever present. Right. Um, I just wanted to ask that question because there are times in my life where you know I, I call this uh, 
Shia's um, uh, Genesis moment, where he he is so on fire because he's found the truth, mm-hmm. and he wants to be there all the time. It's kind of like the first time you met your spouse, your girlfriend. Ah, yes. You wanted to be with her every single waking mm-hmm. hour, and their parents are probably saying, "Are you ever going home?" Uh, that's that's the feeling. He's fallen in love, and yeah. that love is with God, um, and he wants to be ever present with that love. Uh, and and as as you, you know, I I, uh, I kind of like compare it to to marriage. You know, it doesn't decrease the amount of love that you have just because you don't um, spend that same amount of time with your spouse. That there are those times where you are separated, mm-hmm. but that love extends way past the physicality of of being just in front and next to each other. Yeah. Uh, so I, I do believe, and I pray he develops into that. That it's not a brush fire faith. Mm-hmm. That yeah. he doesn't like. Oh yeah, well, it's, you know, I'm bored now. Um, and I need to find something else to feed me about this Catholic thing. What's what's next? Uh, it's a candle. You have to tend to. Yes. yes. Yeah. I guess for the sake of time, we can go on to the next. One. Yeah, let's go to the next. It's um, this one's on Pio and the Mass and on minute. Speaking of the Mass. Speaking of the Mass, and now I'm burping. <laughs> minute fifty forty two. Minute fifty. Well, started there. Forty one. All right. <laughs> If you want to play Dylan, you don't just read Dylan biographies. Right. You have to pick Talking a guitar about Bob Dylan. and you have to learn how to play a guitar. And then the guitar needs to be your best friend. And then you need to sleep with the guitar. And then the guitar needs to be your your only travel companion. Yeah. That's the way into Dylan. Right. The way into Pio was Mass. And it wasn't until I felt like I started having emotional reactions in Mass that I felt like I was anywhere near playing Pio. And Mass got very emotional. Like really, really, really emotional. And then I felt like, okay, now I, now I have permission to go study Pio. So then the Pio study started, and that took us to Italy. Then I started going to where he studied in San Giovanni Rotundo, and you see it, and, and something was offsetting about it, because what I knew of Pio to that point was like, this is a man of deep humility who's offering up his suffering, and you walk into uh, 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 San Giovanni, and you see this big mosaic of this man, and there's pictures of him watching them build it. And my Wait, did I skip that? Did, Did I start it at minute 50? Did I start at minute 50? Or maybe you started at 51. <laughs> yeah, I did. So minute 42. Thanks, Tony. For We were waiting for you. Oh, thanks. Uh, you know, now that Tony's back, there was actually something I did want to touch upon, mm-hmm. uh, what he said um, in kind of like the last segment. So we can just talk about it. Which was um, the, that, ver- that treating mass like it's your first... What, what was it? Your first, 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 last, first, last, last, first and last. Only. And like... Kind of, there's. I I could be wrong, but like I'm like 99 percent certain. Uh, there's just one percent of uncertainty <laughs> that oh. like in like I think it was in medieval times that um, a significant amount of people like only like went to mass like maybe like once a year. Uh, like it was not at all like a regular thing. Like and it seems kind of weird for us to like think about because like we have like what. Like it feels like we have like a especially in infinite California, amount of opportunity. Yeah, mm-hmm. we have like parishes like on every corner. Yeah, 
uh, just right. because there's such a strong concentration of Catholics here. Uh, but in a lot of places and a lot of times, like mass wasn't available all that time. And the, that miracle, like you could like wait like a whole year or more, maybe mm. even your whole life just for that, the transubstantiation, the miracle of the mass. Mm. And, uh, that's something that we have access to like pretty much. Yeah. Every single day of the every week. <laughs> yeah. Every single day of the week. Well, I mean, it becomes very, um, convicting when we hear the many of the endless amount of stories of people dying just to receive the mass to participate in the mass to participate uh, receive the uh, Eucharist. Um, that's the humbling fact. And, you know, there's still stories today that's, that's happening. Yeah. Um, that's that's when it like puts it in perspective. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's we are very privileged, right? Um, to have the opportunity to be blessed to be able to worship freely. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and the church had to put that as one of the five precepts of the Catholic Church that you had to confess your sins once a year, at least once a year, and receive communion, the Eucharist, <laughs> at least once a year, because people would would forego, um, would forego until their last dying breath because mm-hmm. that ensures that they were going to go to heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I bet that like, was a problem. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, yeah, that's, that's going to be a problem. And, and then there's, you know, just to touch on that, there's also an issue with people who, because of this privilege, take the Eucharist for granted. Uh, you know, I, I always look at that and, uh, and, and kind of wonder, it's like, when the line is so long at communion time, and the line at confession is so short. We either have so many holy people or they do not understand who they are receiving and why they are receiving. So that, that's always been a quandary for me. It's like, Probably why the latter. It? Yeah. So, so let's, let's watch this one, this, uh, this one uh, clip right here. Come, like the emotion would just come. Pio was a very emotional guy. Yeah. A very, a very, uh, and, and, and mass is very technical, so technical. And so it's very difficult. You have to be very proficient at Latin mass, one. So I spent most of my time not even studying Pio. I would just study Latin mass. So I went to Oakland. I lived in Oakland and just uh, with, with the, at the seminary um, in Burlingame uh, and then in Oakland. And I'm just going to Latin mass all the time. And then after Latin mass, I'm studying with the, the priests from the uh, Christ the King which is traditionalist Latin mass. And I'm studying with them, but there's no emotionality with them. They're very like, yeah, it's right. like French Latin mass, which isn't Italian Latin mass. It's very like, it's yeah. just like stiff. Peel wasn't stiff. Peel was like you said, he was a, almost a dancer. And so you try to like build this mass that Peel is known for. It'd be like playing Dylan and not knowing how to play guitar. Like if you want to play Dylan, <laughs> You don't just read Dylan biographies. Right. You have to pick a guitar up and you have to learn how to play a guitar. And then the guitar needs to be your best friend. And then you need to sleep with the guitar. And then the guitar <laughs> needs to be your your only travel companion. Yeah. That's the way into Dylan. Right. The way into Pio was mass. And it wasn't until I felt like I started having emotional reactions in mass that I feel like I was anywhere near playing Pio. And mass got very emotional. Like really, really, really emotional. And then I felt like, okay, now I, now I have permission to go study Pio. So then the... There you go. It's about the Mass. So Pio and the Mass. I've, you know, I'll be honest, I've never watched um, Padre Pio on YouTube um, celebrating the Me Mass. Either, no. 
um, but when he said here, and, and what people say is, then there are points during the mass where he's just weeping, mm. and you know there there are points in my life, <clears throat> in in receiving the Holy Eucharist, where I was weeping, mm-hmm. and it's just this emotion that just envelops you and says, you just can't believe of what is about to happen. The the gift of of my God, you know, for me to be a tabernacle is just is just super emotional. Um and you know that's why it's like, you know, one of the things that we say is that, you know, um, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Because mm-hmm. there, there there are those times that you struggle. It's like, do I really believe? And um yeah, it's a it's a very emotional moment. And for people who um have a hard time understanding that within that host is our Lord Jesus Christ himself. Um, really, you know, really explore, listen, listen, listen. Have you ever been to a mass um, when the priest yes. is? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. When the priest is, um, you know, holding up the host and transubstantiation um, and the priest just begins to cry. No, like tears. I've no. been to like a few that, where that's happened, and I'm like, "Whoa, like what's going on?" It's, it's like it's a it's a very touching moment. It's mm. uh, it's happened a couple times in my life, um, mm. and it's like the priest is like crying, and then people just like turn to themselves, like, <laughs> it's like "What's going is this on?" Is really happening? <laughs> um, but like, if that's just like a fraction of like you know the way Pio would celebrate his mass, I don't know. It'd be interesting to live in that time and see, be able to see that. I mean, it, I think it's mentioned somewhere else in the interview too, but like St. Augustine weep during the mass. Mm-hmm. Uh, I oh, mean, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think he did talk. About that. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, and he was like this, like, you know, big man. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and uh, yeah. And, and Thomas Aquinas too. Yeah. Thomas Aquinas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it's funny because, or not funny. Or, in a certain way, in, in a non-humorous sort of way. Um, that, that, well, I, I should just say like that, that it's just so overwhelming. Like, like, like when you do, cause I feel like, uh, or I don't want to speak for all of us, but I would want to say that, that all of us have had a, a similar kind of moment during the mass, maybe during adoration or something where, you yeah. kind of just realize almost like what it's all about, yeah. like the kind of the sacrifice mm-hmm. of of Christ, how unworthy of it you are, but mm. that he still forgives you that that you're saved by grace, something that you did not deserve. Mm-hmm. And that you're just sitting here and you're in that moment. You're allowed to like you're realizing that God, God is also allowing you to be. To know and be a part of it and to understand the the what little we can understand of, of the mystery and mm. it, like i feel like the only appropriate response is to weep <laughs> yeah you know I, I always appreciate when the priests um and it's a quick moment but when the priests say that my sacrifice and yours made acceptable to god the father right he's pointing it back to the altar and pointing it back to the congregation mm-hmm. um because that, that's the point of like we're sacrificing you know it really 
there are so many times where I'm just zoning out on the mask because I'm, I'm a terrible sinner. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but then I hear those words again and I'm just recentered and I'm like, that's right. Um, there's a sacrifice that is happening. This is a profound mm-hmm. moment. This is, we have to lock in. And, um, so I don't see the extent of the crying, but I do see the extent of the priests not just stating the words, but they're praying the words. They're, mm-hmm. they're actually saying like, these are the words that, um, the sacrifice is made. So it's a very beautiful moment. Beautiful. Let's move on to that last section that we're going to talk about. We're going to watch who was Pio. Or if we're truly dun, dun, Catholic, dun. who is Pio? Because we know that Father Pio. <laughs> he is a saint. Not Padre. When he claimed stigmata, the church at the time sent a bunch of rationalist, unbelieving people who thought miracles were impossible and we were beyond the age of miracles. And he's got his hands wrapped and they're saying, let me see. And he's saying no. And then they write him off. You're a liar. You're a liar and you're using the church to sensationalize and create a spectacle out here so you can sell keychains or whatever they thought they was doing, you know? And um, so they write him off as a crazy, as a lunatic, a person who is who is pimping the church is what they thought. Um, and he had genuinely experienced something. It's true of a lot of the mystics, too. That they, The church has a hard time taking them in at first, and it, it takes a, a while to figure them out. Um but I like how you're using that, though, as a way to your own yes. life experience. Because, again, I, I'm feeling all this deep identification. Like, here's another example of a man who, when he was exiled, he didn't hit Twitter. Right. He didn't go on Twitter and say, I didn't do this, I he didn't do that. Did it, right? He just got quiet. Yeah. He got quiet and he said, is that so? And then he continued doing what, yeah. what, what served him and, his, and the people that he was serving. He didn't get loud. He didn't do the Martin Luther. He did the St. Francis. Which was he quietly got more Christ-like yeah. and cultivated that as opposed yeah. to like this rebellion. He that accepted it. Yeah. He accepted it. Yeah, he could have started his own church, started his own order. Right. He had that much following. Right. He could have at that moment walked off into the woods and created his entire, a whole new sect of, of Catholicism. Right. And there are a lot of people in tradition who did things. Like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So true. Mm-hmm. Happens to this day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Comments? Who was Pio? Uh, speaks to the obedience of faith, right? That's that's addressed. I mean, um, there's going to be times where we're not fully understanding of the church's decisions and the directives of the church, and um, that's the the obedient, childlike um, faith that God calls us to. Is like, you know what? I don't understand why Dad is doing this, why he's telling me to do this, but you know what? I trust. In Dad, I, I trust in God the Father. I trust in her church. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be obedient. I'm not gonna be rebellious. I'm not gonna start d- a divisive heart, a divisiveness in the church, um, because that's not gonna bring me to holiness. That's not gonna bring others to the holiness. I'm gonna be obedient, and and I think that's a beautiful thing, and I think that's something that we could all learn from, um, especially in times where we're frustrated. You know, especially. When it comes down to the ministerial level, how how often do we have Oof. things that the priest says or even the ministry leader as a volunteer say things like, and and we just want to rebel. It's like, oh, I'm going to tell this other person, look what happened. Did you hear about what this is like? I'm going to still do it anyway. You know, like, I'll, I'll just ask for forgiveness. And it's like, 
there's something wrong about that in our hearts, right? Uh, it's not so much about the person, the leader. It's about our own hearts, and I, I think it speaks very soundly, and it convicts me, and I'm mm-hmm. sure um, that story convicts a lot of us. Yeah, and the thing that I I believe kept Pio, you know, grounded was obviously Shia says that it's him in the mass. That's that's his his way to God and way of praising God. Um, but it, it, it comes down to the Eucharist and he believed that, that that force, that strength that the Eucharist brings is stronger than anything this world can ever offer. Um, and so for many people today that are leaving the church, you know, um, it, it, it starts with being able to uh, strong foundational catechesis of what the Eucharist actually is. Um, and, and if you don't know that for yourself, if you don't, I mean, you, people can teach you that, but if you don't know that for yourself, if you don't experience that for yourself, um, ultimately, you know, you'll drift off, start your own sect, <laughs> um, go do your own thing, go to the woods. <laughs> so, yeah. Mac? Um, well, Pio, Padre Pio, I mean, he's a saint. And, like, I could imagine, I mean, it, it's like Bishop Barron said, that the church has had a hard time accepting, uh, like, like mystics or people, like, or, uh, like, the specific claim of stigmata. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't think you, anyone could really, like, deny, especially after the stigmata, that, that, that those who bear it are incredibly Christ-like. And I mean, that's the whole reason why they have it. And just the fact, it, it's just for me, at least personally, like it's astounding that, that, um, especially like, um, like Tony was saying, like when you're looking through the eyes of a sinner, <laughs> um, that like it, it's hard to imagine like just someone being able to be that holy without being Christ. Hmm. And even though that's something we're actually all called to do, we're all called to be Christ-like. Mm-hmm. And it's, but it's like hearing and being told to do it is one thing, but like actually seeing it and being like shown, like, yeah, it's possible. It's possible for a person to uh, to to become this, mm-hmm. and or that he could that you are always that you could always be that. It's just up to you whether like it's your choice whether you want to be that or not. It's just. Mm. It's astounding, and I think even like some of the more like fantastical elements of, of Pia, like simply by by virtue of the stigmata, like I have no reason to doubt like all the other stuff. Like I mean, even like the things that people would be like like raise an eyebrow at. And well, like, in the in the interview, they did say that you know uh, Shia went to his um, was able to visit the room that he was sleeping, and yeah. there's like dance in the wall. Oh, from yeah. him wrestling with the devil. Uh, yeah, fights so with the it's devil. Like, yeah, and he was—he saw, you know, his um, his body, which is still over there in Italy, so like intact. <laughs> yeah, and it, it is interesting because that—that that was another part part of the interview that I found interesting, especially like when B- Bishop Barron kind of gave like a little bit of an explanation for it, and that's something I, I, I I'd heard of a little bit, but like not in that degree of detail about how like the holier you are, the more like direct yeah. the devil gets yeah. in trying to. <laughs> To the point to of the like point actually of wrestling, wrestling with this. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there you go. <laughs> they, there, there are stories of like mm. his housemates um, hearing, you know, 
shifting and rumbling upstairs Emotion. from his room. So right. it's crazy. If there's, if there's anything to be learned from this podcast, it is to be like Padre Pio and get in fights with the devil. <laughs> <laughs> Just start, start throwing your fists out. <laughs> Tony. <laughs> you inviting the devil? <laughs> MMA. I'm good. Mary, Mary. <laughs> RKO the devil. <clears throat> yeah, the, the the whole thing with Padre Pio that just resonated with me and, and with the stigmata is the understanding that the stigmata isn't that just blood flows from his hands and his feet and his side. It's that the stigmata means that you have the wounds of Christ that bleeds. Mm-hmm. So it's painful. It's not like, oh, oh, look, there's blood. No, mm. you have the wound mm-hmm. that went yeah. all the way through. And all the pain that comes through. And all with the it. pain that comes through with that. And, and it touches me because a lot of times, you know, many of us say, let me, uh, Lord, allow me to be like you. you yeah. Know? But what, what, what goes through our mind is allow me to be like you, the great teacher great evangelizer <laughs> person who shared the joy of 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 being a follower you know but we 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 neglect and we forget the suffering christ and when we say oh so you want to take up his sufferings and his cross oh no no not that one yeah. well not that part just the the great evangelization you know i just want to be on in the prairie or on the hill you know mm-hmm. doing the sermon on the mount you know that part i want to do but not the suffering Jesus. Take my yoke upon yeah. me. Take my yoke upon me. It's like, <laughs> you know, give it over to Jesus. And I think what, what Padre Pio does is he takes on the cross of Christ, the stigmata, and and allow me to be Christ-like and live my life in suffering as well. And there's joy to that. There's joy to that. And I know people who out there who are like, oh, those crazy Catholics and suffering. They're always into suffering. It's like, <laughs> it's not. There's, 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 there's more to, more to it than just feeling pain, mm-hmm. physical pain. Now, it's when you have uh, friends, family, people who you know are struggling with something and, and you take on that pain in prayer and you suffer with them. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's what I get from Padre Pio. It's at those mass. He's weeping, not only because it is Christ right there, but that he is in persona Christi. And so he feels the pains and the emotions of people there, and he's caring mm. well, and taking on that well, suffering. Is that not joy? That is. That's mm-hmm. joy. It's the abiding and pervasive sense of well-being. It's the, in the midst of those moments of suffering. It's like, no, I'm suffering. Praise God because Christ is still present. Mm-hmm. Like that's 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 the moment of joy. Mm-hmm. That's that's the great mystery of our faith is that we cannot we we t- often separate the two, but that's the point is that in the midst of suffering, Christ is still present, and that's the mark of a Christian. Suffering yeah, is suffering joy. Suffering and happiness, or joy, they're incredibly interlinked. And it's like kind of like, you know, just our brains that kind of like split them off as like mm-hmm. two different things that have like no relation to each other. But it's like, I mean, just like even like thinking about like something basic, like like working out, like working out hurts. Like, you know, like or, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're lifting weights, it hurts. Like, no pain, no gain. <laughs> exactly. And, but afterwards you feel you feel good i mean maybe maybe if it's your 
the you, fifth time. Are you trying to say Arno needs to work out more? Or? I've been working out. I need to work out more. <laughs> <laughs> Tribulations preserve, uh, uh, pursue uh, strength. Mm-hmm. Right? Is that there's a scripture passage that states that right? That trials, per, uh, trials and tribulations. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it is, but it's definitely in there. <laughs> We're Catholics. <laughs> yeah, sure of that. It's it's. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching this movie. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm looking forward to to seeing the rendition of the life of Padre Pio, and uh, you know, and just hearing this um, conversation he had with Bishop Barron. Uh, someone affirms that. It's not a movie for entertainment per se, although it'll probably be very entertaining. But it's it's a gift from the Holy Spirit to allow the sharing of the faith to people in the world, in the secular world, or people Catholics who have fallen away and and find out the mysticism, the the mystery of of our faith, um, which you know, Holy Spirit guided. Shia to to be able to experience that, and I pray, and I know many Catholics out there have been praying for him that that this brush fire in faith continues to burn in his heart, and that um, he continues to receive formation and, and truly be um, use the gifts that he's been given for uh, you know for the glory of God. I think everyone here has a gift. That, that has been given to them, bestowed upon us um, to 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 share with with many many people. So on that note, do you guys have any last parting words? Nope. Nope. Saint Padre uh, Pio, pray, pray for, for us. Pray for us. Saint Padre Pio. Uh, thank you for having uh, Josue and I on. Uh, I was. Very happy to, to share my thoughts and to hear what you guys had to say. And uh, I feel like the conversation uh, couldn't. I mean, uh, yeah, maybe maybe we uh, mess around a little bit too much at <laughs> some parts, but I feel not like enough. no, we, <laughs> not enough, not enough. We 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 go on tangents, like, like right now we're going on a tangent. But this is a great conversation. Mm-hmm. This is this is why we podcast is to have this conversation. Um, you know, to be listened to, yeah. um, to not necessarily agree, but be listened to. But this is the format that we chose is to just have that conversation. This is not a podcast that is going to be out there to, to provide you with, with formation. You know, there's other podcasts for that with smarter people with, with, uh, who are actually theologians. Um, <laughs> we just, as, as originally what he said there in, in that minute 30, is a laughter, which equals joy, mm-hmm. you know, and and that is our way of evangelizing. Evangelization is sharing what we have joyfully, and if you laugh at the things that we say, or you even laugh at us, that is of the Holy Spirit, you know, because two quirky people and and guests, um, you know, bring about joy, and so we we pray that more people listen. So on that note, fam. If you want to send us a message, email us at catholic.dad50 at gmail.com. Um, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel um, and also become a patron in our Patreon page, which is 
Patreon.com slash disconnected. Oh. I always screw that up. Yeah, <laughs> Something like that. You know, be a patron, um, help support the podcast. And if you have any topics, if you want to come on the show, just again, send us an email, DM us on our Instagram um, topics that we, you want us to talk about. Um, did we forget something? Did I forget something? No way. You forgot to live a life of holiness? Uh, I've been <laughs> living a life of holiness, though. So. This concludes our episode of Beards, Beers, and Bros. Whoa! Is that going to be the title? No, you just you 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 missed it when we all came up with that, like in the middle of the conversation, like it went over your head. We all looked at each other. You've got some catching up to do if you, you want to fulfill. Because okay. this, this is a this is a podcast with <laughs> beards. What? Beards, 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 beers, and bros. And bros. And one mustache. <laughs> let, let the roasting end. <laughs> so, on that note, fam, we again, as we say, <laughs> we hope that the things that we shared here connected with you. Um, if you disagree, send us an email. And as always, we end this with, please pray for us. We'll be praying for you. And as always, live a life of holiness. Be blessed and be third. Be third. <laughs> Bye. Thank you. Sponsored by Catholic Beard Bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Different points of view and highs and lows. A new perspective everywhere you go. Open up your mind and drown with the noise. Different generations of the girls and boys. So sit back and relax. This cat, the podcast, don't overreact. If the thoughts are abstract when it's hosted by Catholic Doc Dad, who knows what's gonna happen? Hey, what's up, fam? Different points of view and highs and lows A new perspective everywhere you go Open up your mind and drown with the noise And see if disconnected What's up, fam? To connect generations and situations about faith, life, and whatever Back, runaway thoughts like a runaway train Break into conversation like links of a chain Make a Hail Mary pass, hope disconnects Have a question for a guest, put it to rest Live a life of holiness, lead by example Follow at catholic.dead and many tangled <laughs> Christ leads our way, he's the good shepherd Pray for one another, be blessed and be there Different points of view and highs and lows A new perspective everywhere you go Open up your mind and drown with the noise and see if disconnected Thank you, Bottis. This connected podcast is brought to you by The Cabin. Want to get away and get some peace and quiet and rest? Yes, rest, but not too far away from home or the city. Want to experience a true log cabin feel in the mountains? Well, I have the recommendation for you. The cabin is a two-bedroom, one-and-a-half-bath that will do just that. With a beautiful wood fireplace lit and a glass of wine, you are sure to relax. With easy access from the main highway, private parking, easy access with stairs to the entrance, fast Wi-Fi, a full-size kitchen, and all the essential amenities will make your stay a memorable experience. This cozy log cabin was built in the early 60s with its original wood fireplace and a newly transformed deck with beautiful views of the San Bernardino Mountains. So, book your stay at the cabin in Running Springs, California. The cabin, located in the San Bernardino Mountains, is a beautiful place to see the beauty of God's creation.
I have known the proprietor of the cabin for many years. She has always supported the youth and young adult ministries of her community, as well as this podcast. Check out the cabin on Instagram at the cabin 2021. Again, that's at the cabin 2021. T H E C A B I N 2021.